about this passage for me is the way Paul writes about what it is he thinks is so amazing and awesome about Jesus. And so frequently, Paul writes in ways that sort of hit you over the head with his theology and deaths, the importance of Jesus' death on a cross. But here, I think, it gets more at Jesus' humanity, that this amazing thing is Jesus being both God and human. And I think Paul recognizes the challenges of being human. You see in this opening section the desire that people be of one mind and one heart and agree on all things. And it's interesting because if you look through the New Testament, one thing you know for a fact is that Paul does not agree with people about all things. That Paul is very quick to be contentious with others, to say, oh, this other person has taught you incorrectly. In Acts, you see Paul and uh, James, the brother of Jesus, getting into arguments about what it means to be a Christian. And so you wonder whether Paul means agree in all things, or whether Paul is saying agree in all things about what it is that you are doing why it is that we are here, who it is that we are following. Because Paul is clearly worried about the next step. He's clearly worried about what happens when he dies. His own mortality is in front of him. Paul, who probably thought he would be alive to see Jesus' return to earth, is being made aware that that's not the case. And so now he's worried about his community going on. And so Paul is resetting and reminding people that the amazing thing about our community is that we all try to be like Jesus because it is God who inspires us to be in this community together. So put others' needs in front of yourself that we may be in community together. Lois had an interesting reading of one of the lines in this. She pulled out on Wednesday night this line about Jesus finding himself in human form. If you read that, it at least struck me as well as it struck her because we're used to thinking of Jesus being surprised by his divinity, right? That this is the thing. Here is Jesus going about his business and then he is informed by voices from the heavens that he is special, And what a burden this is. It's such a burden that Jesus has to go off in the wilderness for 40 days to sort things out. But this line reminds us that there is something unexpected in Jesus finding himself human. Once he wrestles with this idea of divinity, he is still human. And what does that mean? Because that is confusing. And we know it's confusing because the way that Jesus is tempted in the Bible is the tempter comes to him, and what does the tempter say? He says, you may solve all the problems of earth. You may be the ruler of all of earth with the power that you have as a divine. You may stand apart from humans and therefore end their suffering. You may be different than human, more than human. This is your choice. That was Jesus' temptation. But that's not what Jesus chose, and I think that's why this phrasing, and I'm not good enough in Greek to understand what the Greek says, so we're going to work with the English and understand that this may be imprecise, but being imprecise does not make it less true. Because there's another way to think about Jesus finding himself in human form, right? 
because we have this wonderful idea about finding ourselves, going off, understanding who we truly are in the world. And with Jesus, after being told that he was divine, that was not his only identity. Instead, it was his humanity that defined who he was. He found himself in human form, not separated from everyone else, ruling them, solving their problems, but being down in the dirt with us by being part of this community, holding himself out not as better than all of us, but part of all of us, helping us move on, showing us the way and humbling himself to allow himself to be killed. And this is, I think, what Paul is talking about in this hymn. This is the amazing thing of Jesus. That Jesus was fully God and fully human and chose to embrace the humanity in community with us. And so as we are in community together, this is where we find both our humanity and touch the divinity that is Christ. That as we follow Jesus, it is that divinity in our community from the beginning until now that brings us transformation. And so in that context, his opening paragraph saying, put others' needs before yourself, is a way of saying, look to the community first. This is where we find God together. Put others before yourself in community. Which is interesting because a couple of weeks ago, Jesus taught us how to resolve conflict in community. Within community, we have relationship with one another. We have ways to understand how to support one another and how to resolve wrongs with one another. And this has lasted through the ages. But it sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It's easy to say, don't cut in line. It's easy to say, give something that you have. One of the ministers I knew in Boston had, he was the minister for the outdoor church, which served mainly the homeless population. He had a great sermon about fraps or milkshakes to you and me, about whether it was okay to have milkshakes every day instead of giving that money away. Milkshakes every other day, milkshakes once a week, the idea being how much do I need to sacrifice? How much do I give away? It's easy to say, no, milkshakes are a luxury and we must give them all away, but that's hard. I like milkshakes. And that's how it sneaks up on us because you look at those everyday things and it's easy to look at them as too much of a sacrifice. You know, for me, I, I have a number of friends, as I frequently say up here because it's great uh, sermon fodder, uh, that have made a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, and so now I'm friends with them on Facebook. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me of all the minutia of the lives of the rich and famous. And you look at them and it's easy to, to say, uh, you know, one of, my, one of my friends has now devoted her uh, life to gun control and fighting for gun control. Um, so she had a great Facebook update this week saying, well, uh, lobbying for gun control and um, investing in early stage tech startups and being a mom to three toddlers wasn't enough, so I have taken up base jumping, jumping off of tall things with a parachute. 
And I sort of look at that and say, so this is what it means to be the idle rich. Okay, got it. Because she gave her time to charity. She gave her time to this thing that rich people do. And then she invented new dangerous hobbies to pick up, right? Because you can and it doesn't matter. But it's easy to look at her and say, yes, you, of course, that's an easy choice for you who have time to pick up base jumping. Of course, you can spend hours every week trying to make a difference in people's lives, trying to change things on a national level about gun control. You can devote your life to these charitable endeavors. Not me. I have a job. I don't have a nanny. I have kids at home that I need to take care of. When I get to your stage, when I have leisure in my old age, when I have leisure in retirement, when I have the money that uh, you have, then I can do these things. Oh, that's dangerous. Oh, once I get mine, then I can share with everyone else. And that's where it sneaks in, right? That's where Paul's message sneaks in because it's easy on a day-to-day -day basis to miss what living in community means and what it's like. Because as we look in our own congregation, there are people who have made some money over the years, even in this congregation, and many of them give back now. But the funny thing is, even on the way up, they gave back. Even on the way up, they gave their time to this congregation for the furtherance of this community because so often that's how it works. Because we can't know when we're going to make money or in my case, uh, we can know that I'm never going to make money um, because that's not the life that I have chosen, right? And so for me, the $200 a month that comes out of the checking account hurts a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I could use some new shoes or a new suit. Uh, the, the postal service lost one of my two suits. And so now I have one suit. Uh, but this is the life we live, and this is the life we choose, and we make choices. And so I give $200 a month here instead of getting a new suit. And so there we are. And that's what being in community is like. It's finding these little sacrifices that we make and understanding that Jesus, fully divine and fully human, made the choice to live a life of sacrifice with us, to show us how we may reach divinity in service to one another, in this community, in serving others. And so for us, we need to find ways that we can be intentional about this. We don't find ourselves here by accident. We choose to be here. We choose to be part of this community. And for us, there is today, and there is tomorrow, and there is the next day, and we don't know when the end is for us. What we know is we can do good where we are, while we are, just like Jesus did. And that's what Paul is saying here. And so in the next month, you will start to hear stewardship messages from the pulpit in this church. And stewardship is about maintaining the community from one generation to the next, that we may find divinity in this place, that others may come on our doors and touch the holy. And not everyone can give a lot of money. I can't. I can give you $200 a month. That's about it. Got a lot of student loans and a mortgage. I hope you guys can give money. I like living in Ankeny. I like being here. But if you reach your limit on the money, and you say, we're going to have to run a deficit, okay, what's it going to be? How are you going to find divinity in this place by serving one another? Is it going to be teaching Sunday school every Sunday? Is it going to be making dinners for us every Wednesday? Is it going to be working in the nursery? Is it going to be teaching other people outside this church and saying, yes, 
I am a member of Anchor United Church of Christ, and that is what causes me to serve in the way that I do. It is about intentionality. It is about commitment. Because Jesus sacrificed for us. The church in Philippi sacrificed for Paul. Paul sacrificed. That's part of what it is to be fully human. We learn who we are by giving up a small part of ourselves to be part of our community. And so as we go into stewardship, I ask, where will you find divinity in this church in this month? Where will you commit yourself to live like Jesus and follow his example? It's going to be a fun ride, no matter where you choose, but only if you choose, just like Jesus did. Amen.